everyone, and welcome to episode 368 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Seth Red Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How's it going this fine Monday, Richard? Hey, Seth, doing well. Recovering from a uh, long weekend of magic grinding. <laughs> Richard, Richard, back on the grind. Back on the What have you been playing? Limited? Back on the grind. Limited? I'm now a spike. I've thrown away my casual commander uh, persona. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually good because we can talk about Wait. that. I'm curious what limited's like. I haven't got a chance to play any limited yet, and that, that is one of our topics. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. We got. I, oh wait, what's up? What's up, Grim? I I I think that means Richard. Is there going to be a goldfish esports team now that you're a spike? <laughs> I think you have to be you have to be good to be on an esports team, Grim. Oh, oh <laughs> you tune in okay. to watch people scrub out all day? Is, does this? Yeah, are you kidding me? O two s- competitively O two sushi? Yeah, are you kidding me? That's amazing. <laughs> plus, plus, what do you plus what do you do with a Magic esports team these days? Like, what are you what are you competing in? Did you? I don't know Hearth, if you saw this. That, I, oh my god! It was. It was <laughs> exactly. It was. It made me kind of sad. They did the SCG con this weekend, and they didn't stream it for some reason. So they had people doing like backpack streams where they would go and just like do their own feature matches and like broadcast them with their phones. And it actually had quite a few people. Like several hundred people were watching these streams with like no commentary or anything. So the the market's there. I don't know why someone doesn't doesn't actually just stream like uh, magic events. But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Krim, we have another co-host. You already heard him. How are you this morning? I'm good. I'm good. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, you two are now my Valentines. You're the first people I've talked to today. So, oh, well, happy Valentine's Day to both of you. <laughs> Rich is like, oh, every year. <laughs> every year. You guys are eternally my Valentine. <laughs> Let us know how you feel about the comments below. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as far as uh, topics today, we're going to talk first impressions of Kamigawa Neon Dynasty in standard and limited, whatever we've been playing over the past few days since the set came out. We got some arena news about Eternal formats from uh, the last update from Wizards that we wanted to talk about. We also got Wizards financials from last year and uh, whew, they made a lot of money. So we want to talk a little bit about that as well. And then, of course, answer some fish mail because we haven't answered many fish mail over the last couple weeks doing spoilers. So that's the plan for today. Before we get into it, a reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And we've been telling you about Card Conduit, a great way to sell your magic collection for a while now. And they're curated shipment service that lets you sell valuable cards with a reduced service fee. As long as your cards have a retail value of $2 or more, you can send in as many as you want and still just pay a 5% service fee. And like with all of Card Conduit services, you don't need to sort your cards or grade your cards. You get to skip all those hassles and just safely package everything up and ship it out. And you'll get a detailed report with the results so you can check out card conduits curated shipment option as a way to buy list cards with fast processing optimized prices and the low low service fee of just five percent and you can even get another ten percent off by going to cardconduit.com mtg goldfish card conduit they're the easiest way to sell your magic card so thank you to card conduit for supporting the show and let's talk some magic and let's start with first impressions of our newest set kamigawa neon dynasty it came out in digital on thursday it was pre-release weekend so uh first off what have y'all been playing uh, richard krim what have you been playing since we got the new cards 
Oh, wow. You know, uh, I, I, I jokingly talk about, you know, uh, uh, limited with Richard and, you know, an esports team and whatnot, but like that might be more, uh, uh, possible than you'd think because I, okay, this is going to sound weird and I want you all to take a breath here, but I actually played limited, uh, a good amount too this weekend and Ooh, I never play limited. Um, wow. Wow. They gotcha. This, this is one of the most, uh, like in, like, like, there's so much depth to this limited. Uh, there's, it, it's so much fun. Um, every, every archetype has just been so well designed for limited. And then also, same with standard. Uh, I played a lot of standard. I played a lot of historic. Wow. Um, I, I know we did our top 10 list, uh, Seth. And you know, the Reckoner Bankbuster, that card is not only the truth, it's even better. Um, and then cards yeah. that I wasn't like really aware of. Like, so one thing we did uh, was on launch day, uh, the stream and I, you know, we sat there and I was like, okay, well, what can I do, uh, to, to, to start here? Naturally, I went with ninjas. Ninjas was kind of bad and standard. Um, uh, as in like, there's just no, there's no big payoff, right? For all the tempo. Cause like everything has reach, everything like kind of bodies you really easily. Now I'm hoping I'm wrong and I just had the wrong build of ninjas, but, uh, then I was like, okay. Well, I, I still get like, like steamrolled and face rolled by mono green, right? So I'm like, okay, well, I'm tired of losing to mono green nonstop. So I decided we would play blue white Tezzeret control. And so we built that on stream. And when we, and after we built it, I think the deck is the truth. Like Tezzeret artifact control is the truth. When you have like the, the new commons, like the one mana kind of like the, uh, uh, springleaf drum is better than a springleaf drum because it doubles back as a way to like kind of like be removal when you channel it. The lands are the truth. Uh all these little wonderful little support like artifacts around Tezzeret is making Tezzeret awesome right now. And farewell just makes me laugh hysterically uh to where I BM all my mono green opponents. So <laughs> yeah, you know, business as usual. <laughs> That uh, that sounds super sweet. I've been playing mostly standard, and I've been loving it too. Uh, the set is even now that I've gotten to play with it, it's even better than I was expecting. Like it is just super, super, super fun. And uh, yeah, sometimes you still get stomped by Goldspan Dragon or whatever. But really, in general, the meta. And I know I feel like I say this every set. And it's probably just that we got new cards and people haven't figured it out yet. But the meta actually seems like it's in a pretty healthy place right now. And I've been enjoying like a lot of the matchups, seeing people try out some just really cool new things you got people brewing like these weird sacrifice decks with oni called anvil i've seen some cool enchantress decks uh, samurai have surprised me in a really weird way i thought samurai were going to be really bad but they're actually like kind of good it, like ishin is the card that actually makes them really scary with ryu like if you curve ishin into ryu and just get a bunch of attack steps that's enough to actually win a lot of games so i've been absolutely loving standard richard i know you've been on the limited grind what do you think about limited how good is this format all right here's a psa for everyone this might be the greatest limited format of all time whoa it is like really really good and for the first time i want to say in like maybe three or four years i felt like i'm playing like competitive magic again where yeah like there's counterplay and you know you your actions matter. Like when I lose, it's because my opponent outplayed me. When I won, it's I outplayed my opponent. Whereas, uh, you know, standard, even modern to some extent, like usually cards just like snowball out of control and you're like, well, you got a better draw and fine, right? Maybe I put a sideboard card in, but it's not really interactive. But in this format, the card pool is so deep. Uh, the archetypes, they're all really good and there's ample 
conditional removal. You basically have like 30 playables and you need to configure that into a deck. Sideboarding is super important. I think you should play best of three over best of one in this format, um, even though I normally play best of one on Arena. Uh, because like there's all this conditional like spell pierce suddenly becomes like MVP against like sagas or something, right? Uh, or like, you know, a lot of creatures are artifact creatures. So like dirtily sideboard artifact removal is like, you know, the truth against certain decks. So I would say, yeah, you should go definitely play this format. It feels it, it feels a lot better than other limited formats where you're like fighting over playables and you have like an incoherent deck and like, yes, but your incoherent deck is slightly better than your opponent, so it's okay. This one is like you come away with like a pretty synergistic deck most of the time and like there's a lot of counterplay and a lot of back and forth. So this is Ooh. magic as Richard Garfield intended, I think. This is actually peak magic, better than standard. Uh, I'm going to have to play some limited. I just keep hearing good things from everyone, like, in the stream was talking about how they really liked it. Social media seems to like it. Now, you seem to like it. Even Crim's drafting, so I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna have to do some drafts now because uh, I never it sounds, play. It sounds spectacular. Yeah, I, I always like, draft, but this is a cut above. This is like... This is like wizards did something. Do you, <laughs> do you know? Much. Do you know when the last time I had this much fun playing limited was? Oh, well, uh, I don't know. Guess. A decade a ago. Uh, Actually, you might be right. Theros. No. <laughs> what? No. Ew. No. None of the Theroses were fun and dragons. Dragons mage. Dragons, <laughs> dragons maze. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, no, that wasn't fun for anybody. And don't even say Ixlon. That's just offensive. Avacyn restored. Actually, uh, Avacyn restored was pretty decent. Uh, actually, no, it wasn't. Uh, it. The last time I had this much fun was triple Innistrad. Wow. Like original Innistrad. Because that's original. Like widely considered to be one of the best limited formats of all time. Some people consider it the best. So if this is comparable to triple Innistrad, that is incredibly high praise for Kamigawa and Yan Dynasty. Right. Like I felt like I was back in high school or something like that and just playing like Innistrad. And like I was having the time of my life sitting there and just drafting the deck and building it and seeing the synergies and piecing them together like my my like you know the four like brain cells i have left punched overtime and they were working hard here and it was fun so yeah strongly recommend it uh i back what richard's saying so as far as uh as far as standard um is there anything that sticks out as being a lot better or a lot worse than you expected during spoiler season? Because there's always some cards that, uh, that, you know, end up overperforming or underperforming. And I guess I'll start it off because this was a card I think you both tried to sell me on. And I was a little skeptical, but uh, the Wandering Emperor is kind of insane. Like, okay. uh, I've come around to that being like one of the strongest cards in the set. Just uh, being this removal spell that can also make a token, that can also be a combat trick and it does it at instant speed and exiling is actually pretty relevant against stuff like uh, the new dragons. You see some of the new spirit dragons seeing play that have the death triggers, uh, being able to snipe gold span dragons without triggering its like spell ability. It's really, really good. I think that's a card that I was thinking would be okay, and it's ended up being a card that now I would definitely have pretty high in my top 10 list for standard from the set. It's just like every time I play with it, it just really impresses me with its power level. Yeah, no, like it, it's it's perfect. It it can play in a mid range deck, it can play in an aggro deck. It even has play in a control deck. So this is a card that has just been good everywhere. Uh, that I played it. I played it in my vehicles deck. I played it uh, like through across the board, and, and it's just the the flash, 
the activate at the end of the turn or as you had mentioned when a dragon swings and then going back to your turn and then getting to do something else is kind of nuts, right? Oh, yeah, it, re- it really, really is. The value is just, like, super, super high, and the removal mode has is surprised me. Like, at four mana, you're like, oh, that's a little bit expensive, but when you consider all the other upsides of the card, it is totally worth it. And I've went from, like, a lot of decks, I've been working on the Samurai deck, for example, started with zero of them, and then now I have the full four of them, and I'm super happy with it. So it seems like a lot of my decks that have enough white mana to support it, I just keep adding more and more Wandering Emperors, and I've been happy with that choice pretty much every time where have you guys been seeing most people play this let's say i wanted to play wandering emperor in standard what what shell should i put it in um i would say it's amazing in vehicles i would say it's amazing in mono white mono white splash blue um and yeah like it's just if you have white i almost feel like you somewhere in the 75 uh you should have a copy yeah, I mean, I think Mono White's the easy one. I think the most, the best performing Mono White decks that we've seen, and we have very limited tournament results because that's been out so lim- uh, so sh- uh, such a short period of time, but the best performing uh, standard Mono White decks we've seen are playing Wandering Emperor, like the Mono White deck that uh, top did the standard challenge on Moto over the weekend. Three copies of Wandering Emperor, so I think that's an easy one. Vehicles is a great call. Uh, I've been playing in all my vehicle decks because it's essentially a removal spell that also... Cruise vehicles, because you make a token to crew vehicles, which is perfect for that. And I think even just the mid-range piles, we see like Naya Aggro is a thing that's running around. Uh, decks like that, I think it's a perfectly fine addition there as well. So I, I think, kind of like Krim said, if you got enough white mana to have the double white cost, I think it's worth considering. I wouldn't even be surprised if some of the Orzov like mid-range grindy decks start playing a copy or two. Like I think it can fit there too. It works with the token theme. It's another planeswalker that you can reanimate or whatever. So I think that's another option. So I think it has homes in potentially a lot of archetypes. What about ninjas? I know, Krim, you mentioned your experience with ninjas has not been super good. I haven't spent a ton of time playing ninjas yet. That was one of the other things from the set. Vehicles and ninjas are what I was most hyped about. I played it a little bit on the first stream I did, and really small sample size. I think we went like two and one or something. And the synergies were sweet. The deck can do some really cool things. Um, well, a thousand year whatever, mm-hmm. uh, a thousand year whatever that ninja is. So, so good. I didn't even realize how strong that card was because you can do the double ninjutsu trick where you let ninjutsu into play just to copy something and then pick it up with another cheap ninjutsu or so you can do that every turn. So the synergies are really good, but the deck can kind of struggle to close out games sometimes because even your best creatures are like two power, maybe three power. So you're really kind of dedicated to this like tempo plan, slowly grind them out. And there's some games where you do all these shenanigans and you're, it feel like you're doing a ton of things, but those things don't actually add up to you winning the game. At least that's been my experience. But what's your experience with Ninja's Ben Crib? Uh, exactly as you described. So I'll do all these cool tricks. It's like, imagine just flipping around doing parkour and all the stuff and bouncing around the table, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, they just play like a ranger class <laughs> and they level it up once. It's like, huh, this token is unbeatable. How do you beat this thing? <laughs> like, but check this out. <laughs> Ninjutsu this back. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Okay, you hit me for one. All right, cool. I mean, all right. <laughs> so, uh, ninjas in standard right now, as of the builds that I've tried to make, feel like there's just, I don't know, there's not enough yet. Like, there, I wish there was something like a, uh, I, I mean, maybe I'm asking for too much here, but mana leak or, or something, right? Like a cheap counterspell, a cheap tempo play that I can keep up or, or, 
Um, I thought, you know, maybe there'd be better ETBs, um, for, for like some of the ninjas. Like maybe if biting, like, like biting palm ninja has been good, right? Thousand face shadow has been good, but everything around those are what? Just a bunch of question marks. And it's weird because like <clears throat> you want to have the Lord effect, right? In your tribal deck. That's only great when you go wide, right? Like and ninjas are picking their stuff up, so it's hard to really go wide with ninjas because you're like ninjutsuing, so you don't usually have a ton of creatures on the battlefield, right? So it feels weird, right? Like, like, and and the only other thing I could think of was like, well, okay, I try to be cute and put sagas. You know, when they flip, you can bounce them back with oh. ninjutsu, but like that only works in like limited in standard. Like by the time the third chapter goes off, I've already gotten blown out by a Sika's chariot and everything else. Like, at this point, I'm not even attacking. I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. And so, uh, like, yeah, Ninjas has been uh, getting pants by... If you have over two power, you've you've already won. I concede. <laughs> um, uh, what about yeah. Umazawa decks? Have people... Have you seen people trying to ninjutsu and fake ninjas? I, I have. I have... I have n- Oh, I haven't. What were they ninjutsuing? Like, Holebreak Horror or Jade oh, or something? I, I, like, I, tr- I tried to do it, is what I mean. Oh, did it, did it work? Were you successful? Um, 99.9% of the games was me sitting there with, like, Ulamog and all this stuff, and nowhere, no Umazawa in sight. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he was betrayed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we Tag should just... In, bro. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely felt betrayed, and it felt kind of sad because I was like, oh, look at all these cool things. Jin, I've got Ulamog, I've got Vorin Clax, I've got all these cards in Historic, and nowhere in sight is, is Umazawa's. So I just like, oh, maybe I should have just played a normal reanimator deck. <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, not, that's not to say that it, that Umizawa won't be good. Uh, but I mean, I, I think that's more of a commander thing. Uh, and ninjas right now just need some better closer. Like, you know, Katose, the five drop ninja, the, the, the late, the end game, the big ninja. Um, the spider one. A five mana uh, four four. Yeah. 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 The big yeah, one. I that's, remember that that's one. the haymaker. You know, the one that gets blocked. <laughs> hilariously and does not trade with anything from like anybody like, that gets that gets stopped by like mono greens two drops or whatever like oh yeah a little oh a yeah. little slow a little slow oh no no i know oh i know <laughs> uh that doesn't have that doesn't even have ninjutsu so like i don't know yet like how ninjas are supposed to be built i think they're just missing that that key piece that that late game piece so yeah that's a bummer but in historic Oh my god! It's it ninjas now. Ninjas in historic—that's a different story. Ninjas—that's uh, in- that's what I was gonna say. I think like historic and modern, where mm-hmm. you have like ingenious infiltrator joining the mix, and you can snowball the card advantage, and you have more ninja options. Like I think maybe that's the format where we're gonna see these sweet new Kamigawa ninjas more so than standard. Like they might not be good enough for standard, but I think they might be good enough for historic or modern now. I think I was playing it, and while while, while I was on stream, a, a viewer pointed out, uh, you know, somewhere Seth's sleeping, but he's smiling because <laughs> I had Thousand Face Shadow copied Ingenious Infiltrator times two, Ooh. right? Ooh. And I drew Beautiful. so many cards. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so good. Oh, it feels it feels so good when that happens. Yeah. Oh, I cannot wait to try some older format uh, ninjas yeah. in the near future. But I. Is, artifacts. Oh, go ahead, Grim. Artifacts are the truth. Tezzeret. Oh, like, so I, I know we're talking about cards we kind of like slept on, right? And, and yeah. right now, I think it's got to be Tezzeret Betrayer of Flesh. That card and Farewell 
and March of Otherworldly Light. They do work. They do a lot of work. And uh, uh, Biting Palm Ninja, as good as advertised, along with Lion Sash. So those cards are super solid. The like, Because we're already high on Lion Sash and Biting Palm Ninja. Those cards are just good. And now I'm starting to think like Biting Palm Ninja could just be played outside of, you know, a ninja deck. Um, channel yeah. ability. Uh, oh, uh, counter crab, mirror shell crab. Oh God, that card oh. is disgusting. That card is disgusting. Yeah. The channel cards, I think are, are people are kind of starting to wake up to just how powerful a lot of those are. Like the crab is the biggest winner, but even the, the big turtle that you can discard, uh, I think is pretty powerful. The channel lands have certainly lived up to expectations in essentially every format. So I think channel definitely one of the big winners from this app. What about? sagas have we seen anything cool happen with sagas in standard i've been skeptical since the start i have seen very few of them outside of the mono red one drop one that one actually does seem pretty good in mono red and that one is showing up otherwise i haven't really seen sagas i haven't seen them be impressive have you seen anything cool happen with sagas in standard grim nope just the mono red one and somebody trying to force the okagachi one but then i just killed them (laughs) So yeah, that, that. Okagachi <laughs> sweet, but five colors is so much. What about limited, Richard? Like when I saw this Agas, I thought, okay, they're gonna suck in constructed, but they're probably awesome in limited. Are they as amazing in limited as I was thinking? They're all crazy in limited. Like uh, you can, so like Krim said, you can ninjutsu them back. Uh, you can blink them to get the saga. Uh, the mono red one is actually insane in limited. Uh, so they're actually really good, and they're not like quote unquote too slow, right? Like. You know, you, you cast it early and then like a turn later you get it on curve, right? So it's actually pretty good. Uh, so I'm not surprised they suck in Constructed, but they're getting <laughs> limited. <laughs> what uh, what about, a couple other archetypes to ask you about. What do you think about like Enchantress? I haven't played with Enchantress yet. It's at the top of my list of decks to build in the near future. But I've played up against a couple of decks that are playing like uh, the Generous Visitor, the one drop that puts counters on things, Kami of Transients, and then just backing it up with random good enchantments removal spells and cantrip enchantments uh, some weaver of harmony action spirited companion richard's favorite commander card like and they've seemed pretty powerful uh, do you think that enchantress or some weird i guess it's not traditional enchantress because you don't have any just like plain enchantment draw card creatures like you have in traditional enchantress decks but do you think these enchantment decks could they actually be competitive? I know one five zero to league on Magic Online, and they've looked pretty decent when I've played against them. What do you think about the enchantment archetype? In in standard, in standard, I've, it's not limited. Standard, yeah. In standard, I actually got paired against a pretty cool low to the ground Celestia aggro um, that revolves around enchantment. That it, and uh, it revolves around generous uh, visitor, the little spirit yep. that and. And Kamiya Transience is the other one that gets like really big, the two drop that gets a counter whenever you cast an enchantment. That was, it might be the same build that I saw was using those two. And it actually looked kind of interesting. Yeah. It was super solid. Uh, like it seemed like it get some explosive starts. So, um, and, and this is just like, you know, what week zero. So I, I assume as the week goes on, of course, right now everybody's trying a bunch of things, right? So we're going to see how things play out uh, in a little bit once, you know, all right, these are the archetypes, all this stuff. We're trying all these things, and then we're going to see if they beat dragons or mono green, right? Um, and But so far, there's a lot of cool archetypes uh, right now, and I think that green-white one looked pretty fun. 
Uh, and it's weird because it's a green white low to the ground aggro enchantment deck, which is kind of like just not what I expected. Yeah. I, yeah. Of all the limited archetypes, I think this one actually looks really strong and standard. And if it hasn't been solved, don't worry. I'm, that's going to be my first standard deck. Uh, it's a, it's like an all's glitters deck. It's not like the, you know, like a card advantage uh, enchantress deck, but I can see you like forcing, like because uh, Reign of Truth lets you target a creature, you can choose what to target and you can protect, right? So it's not like the same as like loading up a single creature and getting blown up. So I actually think this deck could have a, you know, some upside. Uh, so I actually, this is the deck I want to play when I, when I start standard. So I, I will try to make it work and maybe you'll see my five league results and we'll declare Ooh. it a real deck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Richard, Richard is going to solve Enchantress for us. What about one more, one more, uh, one more archetype or card, and then we'll talk about some other topics. This one caught me a little bit by surprise, but if you look at the magic online challenge results, there were not one, but Two Hanada Dawn Crown decks in the top eight, uh, basically playing the Hanada Magma mm-hmm. Opus combo and also playing like uh, as many commands as possible Lorehold command, Prismari command, almost like Jeskai, I don't even know, Spellslinger control style decks. What do you think about Hanada in its synergy with Magma Opus? Is this the new way forward for control in standard? Is this like a legit thing or is everyone just kind of trying it out because it's new right now? I think it's something that's new. It's funny. Um, like, you know, and you get to do some sweet things with it, right? Like, it is a cool interaction that you get to do. But, I mean, uh, two mana Magma Opus is pretty, like, pretty sweet. Like, it is definitely cool at a minimum. Right. It's pretty cool. Uh, I'll, I'll admit that. So, like, is is this four mana, four, four, flying, I guess, in Trample, that's pretty cool. Like, but... Is this something you'd want in a control deck? Probably not. Right? Like, I mean, like, Magma yeah. Opus is pretty fun, right? I mean, it, it could be good, and I could be totally wrong. I, I I am more than happy to admit if I'm wrong about it, because I would love to be doing that. But it feels like it's just a bit too clunky at times, right? Because we're assuming you play it, it's a 4-4, nobody interacts with it, then you get to go and play you know magma opus or whatever right or or you're now playing it in the like maybe late game off the top it's pretty fun to do but i don't know uh it just doesn't seem it's fun that's what it is yeah i've i've been messing around with hinata decks a little bit and i think you're definitely right my impression is you don't want to run it out on turn four but if you wait till turn five or turn six it can actually be super powerful. Like on turn six, you can just cast it and cast a magma opus. It's a little awkward sometimes because you have to max target your magma opus. So sometimes you're like pinging your own Hinata or pinging yourself just to have enough targets to get it to two mana. But it also works with counter spells. So if you get to five mana, you can Hinata and like leave up negate for one mana or something. So I think there is a lot of power here. We'll have to see whether or not like long term, is it better than just like finish the game with Holebreaker Horror or finish the yeah. game with all the other options that we have i'm not 100 percent sure there but i think uh, it's impressed me more than i thought when i saw it i thought okay this is like an against the odds card for standard in a really sweet commander build around but i think it might be better than an against odds card in standard whether or not it's actually like the top tier way to build control we're gonna need a couple more weeks until we figure it out but it's definitely impressed me with its power so far and uh lastly one more thing before we move on mm-hmm Counterspell is actually in the format. 
the the artifact one in yeah. your Tezzeret decks. Yeah. <laughs> no. That card is actually pretty good. I, oh. I've been playing it in the sideboard in some vehicle decks even, and it actually is pretty good. Double blue, you do got to make sure your mana works, especially in path, uh, Pathway Land, but it is powerful. Like, I like I mean, you go turn one, uh, I, I something prototype, I forgot whatever that thing is, or you use, like, portable hole, right? Mm-hmm. You have, you, like, blue-white has the perfect shell for this artifact control deck, and it's so good. It's so good. It's so much fun to play. And then, you know, late game, you just play Tezzeret, and you turn into a 4-4. I, 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 like, maybe I'm just so high on this because the last time, uh, Tezzeret was good in standard was Scars of Mirrodin, and I played the blue black Tezzerator version, and I was animating Ooh. Ink Moth Nexus and, like, Icar Wellspring, right? So it's been so long since we've had a fun Tezzeret control deck. And this, uh, like, it feels like Neon Dynasty is setting it up. Right now, it's got a lot of solid starts. Maybe it's a tier 1.5, and maybe it's just, like, it could just be worse in slowing down your deck or whatever, as opposed to just being pure control. But for right now, if the fact that a Tezzerator deck is playable is solid. So I, I hope we get more artifacts. I hope we get to see more of this. And God, I love Kamigawa. And I'm so sad that we are this. We are not doing two set blocks. We are only doing one. I'm actually one of the biggest surprises for you from this whole set is how good the artifacts are. Because I was thinking like going into this year of standard. OK, Kamigawa ninjas and samurai and all that stuff and we did get that stuff but i was expecting a brother's war maybe dominaria those to be the big artifact sets but kamigawa has a really ridiculous number of strong artifacts and they're way way better than i expected so if we do end up with also like brother's war being an artifact focus set wow standard artifacts are going to be so so good like they're they're already really good and really powerful and if we get a couple more sets of support they might be one of the best things going in uh in the format which is kind of exciting oh also one other thing i don't know if you saw the the blue white control deck that <laughs> that uh top eight of the challenge Mm-mm. playing four spirited uh companions two hull break horror four spirited companions those are the creatures which spirit <laughs> oh the dog of- <laughs> that's richard's richard's <laughs> dog good, yeah richard's- i don't know why you guys keep memeing on this <laughs> i'm not memeing on it two two mana blocker that cat trips all the time this is like a staple of all formats <laughs> it's, it's i mean i, 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 I was thinking in like I was thinking like Tacro decks or whatever. I wasn't. I wasn't expecting to show up as a four of in control decks though. But I I guess you're right. It jumps blocks. It replaces itself. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, Richard is being proven right with this one for sure. So, and anyway, any other? Oh, go ahead. Well, and then lastly, what do you think of Reckoner Bankbuster? Is it better? Is it as advertised? Oh, it's so good. It's so all the vehicles uh, have lived up to my expectations, including Bankbuster. I just put a MindLink back deck up on the YouTube, which went way better than I thought. But yeah, Bankbuster is as advertised, and really the, the vehicles from the set are, in do general, you, just really, really good. Do you know what the staple, and the if there is a vehicles deck, there are two cards at the very center of it, three even, and it's none Ooh, of the okay, ones we've are, mentioned. What are, what, are the, what are the staples of a vehicle deck, Red? Prodigy's Prototype, Born okay. to Drive, and the little okay. two mana uh, artifact that's a three four uh, mobilizer mech. I think yep. uh, those three are absolutely nuts. Like the <clears throat> so, the the prototype stacks, so you can get multiple pilots. Born to drive being a channel ability, so you can discard this at the end of turn. Amazing. Um, and and then that three four just allowed me to not even have to crew six or whatever to get the plow train going.
So I've been messing around a lot with vehicle decks because uh, we might be trying to assemble Voltron in standard for against the odds this week. So I've tested a ton of different vehicle decks. And the thing that surprised me most, like I expected the vehicles to be good, but what I didn't realize is how good these vehicles are accruing themselves without creatures in part because of a uh, prototype that you just mentioned making crew members but bank buster makes crew members we got a zeke hysteria a vehicle that makes crew members so vehicle decks now are we have mech hanger that can crew vehicles in the mana base so vehicle decks now can be a lot different than they were in the past in the past you always had to have a ton of creatures to make sure you could turn on your vehicles back in the like heart of kieran uh era now you can play vehicle decks with very few creatures because many of the vehicles once they get going they kind of like self-support in Snowball by making their own crew members to keep the fun going. So that's the part that really caught me by surprise. And that's the part that really sold me on these uh, vehicles being even better than I expected. Because that's a big part of what makes Azika's Chariot one of the best vehicles ever printed. Like right. it's a vehicle that also makes the cats to drive it. And a lot of the Kamigawa vehicles in their own way also do that same thing, which, oh, good. They're, they're so, so good. They're so good. I'm super excited. And I think we will end up with a, hopefully a top tier vehicle back in standard when it's all said and done. When it's all, the only thing that I just, I, I'm asking for here is like how, when, when can we get our DeLorean, you know, <laughs> secret layer? <laughs> vehicle i don't care which one of these vehicles you make a delorean just make it it's free it's, it's gotta it's, be coming it's gotta be come coming. on like i know some people are like oh god not in my high fantasy game but come on you know like like that it, it's it's right here it's right here give me that give me a fake oh. like you if you're willing to give me nat geo bird drop not droppings bird drop as in the secret layer drop give me my uh, my my iconic vehicles <laughs> Give me a Batmobile. Give me the DeLorean. You know, get, and make it one drop. Come on. Secret let Watsi. This franchise is still alive. Like, who do you even talk to if you want like, to license Back to the Future? <laughs> is this uh, look, possible? Look, I'm, still, I don't even know. Yeah, I'm not Watsi. You have to go back okay? to the future and ask. Yeah, oh, yeah you got to ask <laughs> McFly. Uh, look, I'm not the person in charge of that. I'm just saying I'm giving free tidbits out there. So if you work at Watsi and you want to pitch this idea upwards, whatever, whoever you got to, don't worry. And and also, you still have time. Uh, Halloween is like, well, not for another, I don't know, like eight, nine months. I don't know what day it is. But it, okay, you get your, what we do in the shadows, secretly. Oh, man. There's just, okay, but anyways, back to Neon Dynasty. The vehicles are here, right? Vehicles are a key part of this set. And it's been amazing to play them. That's why they got to yeah. do a cool vehicle drop, right? So I coming think, off I the Super Bowl, I, I expect Secret Lair electric vehicles <laughs> brought to you by BMW and Mercedes and whatever. Like, I think that one's coming A Mercedes BMW, yeah, Mercedes man. drop? Yeah. <laughs> can you can you imagine the, the amount of people, like, they'll do an American muscle drop, right? And then a, <laughs> and then a VTEC drop. <laughs> All right, one one more vehicle question, and then we really do got to hit up other topics. Uh, what do you think of the the Grease Fang combo decks? I think the thing that I the deck that I've gotten the most viewer submissions from, and I've seen a lot of people playing in historic, also in pioneer, even in modern, is a Grease Fang Parhelion combo oh, yeah. where you're just trying to get Parhelion in the graveyard and turn by turn two, Grease Fang turn three, get it back, haste it, smash ya, angels. Do you think this is going to end up being a legit deck in any format? Because a ton of people are trying and hype for it. Is this like an against the odds deck that is, you know, people have misguided love for? Or is this an actual like competitive strategy, you think? I am legitimately trying 
Like I, I am filming it and I have not had it happen once. I've just lost every game. <laughs> like, ouch. Ouch. Uh, it is, it has been kind of rough because th- I got it on board and it just got Prismari commanded. Oh, oh, you didn't even get in the attack with it. Ouch. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I mean, that's awkward. That's the thing. There is a lot of artifact. Hey, I, I played it a little bit on stream and I was able to pull it off. Although, it did feel a little risky and a little inconsistent. I found myself thinking, like, if I'm doing all this work to fill the graveyard, maybe I should just, like, reanimate a real thing with unburial rights or something rather than trying to, like, get back the vehicle. And it doesn't even necessarily win the game because it, like, bounces back to your hand. So I'd be better off just trying to reanimate, like, in Ulamog or something if this is what I'm going to do. Because you still have the graveyard hate risk. And now you have the artifact hate risk. So there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Plus, there's a little inconsistency because you only have, you know, one Grease Fang that can do what Grease Fang does. So I don't know. I think it's probably an against odds deck, but it is really hilarious when it works. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'd love to know what that tastes like because I haven't gotten there yet, but I will. I will, even if it's like one in 17. One in 17, baby. That's all you need. <laughs> uh, all right. So moving on, got a couple other topics before fish mail with the first one being some magic arena news. So there was a state of the game going over Kamigawa Neon Dynasty stuff. The most interesting part though was a section about alchemy. Uh, and it's pretty long. You can read it on the, the Watsi website. But the, the big takeaway was basically Wizard said uh, Alchemy has found an audience and they seemed happy with how Alchemy is going. But we hear you that you want a eternal format that is attached to paper, essentially. And we think that's legitimate feedback. We're not going to have two historics, one with Alchemy and one without Alchemy. But we are open to adding another eternal format to Arena that is more attached to paper. But we don't know what that is yet. We're going to, you know, do some tweaks and some testing. And we're going to do midweek magic events with different formats to see what it might be. To me, it sort of blew my mind because I think like 100% of the Magic community feels like the answer to that question is pretty clearly Pioneer. Uh, Like if they're going to add this paper adjacent non-rotating format, why wouldn't it be Pioneer? But Wizards didn't mention Pioneer once. It seemed like they actually went out of their way to avoid mentioning Pioneer when it seemed really obvious that that would be the format. What What do you make of this part of the arena update, the state of the game about Alchemy and adding another format? And why are they trying so hard not to add Pioneer to Arena? Um, you know, that is a very good question. I don't know why they don't want to add it, but like, I don't know. I mean, are they even that far off? Like card pool wise? Like, so some people have actually researched this, and from what I've seen, they could add in one like master style set, 100, 200 cards. You could have all the, the tier decks in the format, including like tier two and tier three decks. Uh, you wouldn't have all the, you know, random janky brewer rounds, but to get some sort of like functional pioneer on the form, uh, on the client, it's really like one set's worth of cards could get there. See, cause like, okay, I think now, right at, at the current point we're at after Kamigawa, how many cards are we at? I think somebody had mentioned they were like roughly around 5,000, right? Like 5,000. Yeah, on arena. So, somewhere around it, right how i i am curious what's going on because Yu-Gi-Oh! duel masters came out unannounced and has 10,000 cards <laughs> and and that's and spectator mode and all this other stuff and like way wild animations and all these things right so 
I don't know. I mean, like, and apparently, and apparently, you can get two tiered X in like an hour of playing for free or something. Well, from what whoa, people whoa. have been telling me, people like, are exaggerating. It's like an hour and a half. All right, two hours. Okay, it's, okay. <laughs> it's a little bit longer. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, it's true though. Um, being entirely free to play, I was able to build about two and a half decks. Uh, obviously, me being a whale uh, and wanting to expedite that for for you know content purposes and whatnot. Like, obviously, I expedited that, right? But uh, regardless, if you don't want to spend money, you can easily just get decks pretty fast on Yu-Gi-Oh. I don't, I don't know what it's going to be like down the line, right? Because remember, Arena is now, what, year three? I don't know, year four or something like that? Yeah, something something like that. Throne of Eldraine. So yeah, three, yeah. three and a half, somewhere in there. So it's in about three and a half years. So now it's like, okay, well, Yu-Gi-Oh did all this on launch, right? So... We'll see if the economy is still generous in, in a year or if it'll just be the same thing. But I, I can't imagine it being that bad because, you know, the dusting system. So I I, I think why why won't they just add an additional hundred cards, I guess, to tie it all back? Right. Because it's like, why won't they? I, I am curious. I, I want to know. Like, is it is it just it, I, it feels like there's something they want to tell us. <laughs> you know, but, I don't but they can't want you playing a format where the cards don't change because you're not buying cards and therefore they're not making money. So they try their hardest to not add like these formats, right? And if these formats are ever popular, they're screwed, right? If there comes a day where Pioneer is on Arena and Pioneer is the most popular format, then every set release, no one buys anything and they just keep jamming wonderful pioneer right so wizards is incentivized not to support it just like they don't actively support legacy and vintage they try to like sweep it under the rug even modern gets like very minimal support compared to standard because they want you to keep buying new cards and they simply do not want you to have pioneer right like they they just do it because they have to but they're not happy about it and currently they don't need to because everyone's getting distracted by standard and alchemy, so it's fine. So I think that's their stance. I mean, I I actually kind of agree with Richard that that's the only thing that makes sense to me is <laughs> they would rather have people playing historic because they can do digital only cards and they can do you know alchemy releases and make you buy cards more often compared to something like Pioneer. But like they uh, they made it pretty clear that they are planning on thinking about adding some sort of papery eternal format to arena if it's not pioneer what could it what could it be would they actually just make up a brand new format just for this just like i don't know every uh, like the what would even be what other options are there from ixalan or whatever right <laughs> like. that, that would be hilarious if they go make a new format before just giving pioneer right <laughs> like it actually it actually makes me nervous though because based on what Richard was saying like they might have an incentive to make this format unpopular <laughs> so it might be in their best interest to not add a popular format like pioneer or modern but add a you know some sort of janky format that technically fulfills a requirement of oh we added another format like you wanted but one that is so unappealing that not many people will play it because they want people to, people to play historic or alchemy or whatever where they're gonna have to be buying cards more often so it makes me worried that they're gonna like self-sabotage essentially with whatever format they end up adding i don't know 
Anyway, hopefully they get around to adding Pioneer at some point. At least they're talking about adding a format, even if they won't specifically say Pioneer. The other <laughs> bit of news we got this week was uh, Wizards 2021 financials. And wow, did Wizards make uh, just an absurd amount of money. Wizards made one. $1.287 billion last year, which is up 42% year over year. Uh, the CEO had talked about doubling the size of Wizards over five years. They ended up doing that in three years, apparently. And maybe the most shocking statistic is if you look at operating profit, Wizards made more money than all the rest of Hasbro put together. Like uh, Wizards was like 700 some million operating profit and the rest of Hasbro was like 500 million or something so wizards is is bigger than everything else that hasbro has what do you make of these numbers like what does this tell us about where magic is heading and you know what's going on with the game i mean tells me everything's a smashing success so what you've been seeing for the past year two years expect it to come more, more and on more steroids so more secret layers more secret layers more alchemy yep. more whatever right whatever they're doing the numbers show it works, right? So despite all of the rioting from, uh, you know, the, the magic community online and stuff like that, like, you know, a, a large part of this is secret layer universes beyond. A large part of this is the arena economy, right? A large part of this is printing commander cards in every set ever, right? So expect it to keep happening and expect more to come, right? Because from the eyes of Hasbro, everything is great, right? This is crazy, right? Like we success, right? Champagne all around. Here we are. Yeah, I mean, uh, that would be my takeaway too. I think this these numbers have to be pretty off the charts, especially for uh, Wizards been around what almost thirty years now. Like Magic's been around around a long time. Seeing it be up. 40% year over year for something that's been around. This isn't some new startup that's just like launching and ramping up. This has been around forever. So these numbers are absolutely staggering. And I think that does mean exactly what Richard said. More secret layers. Uh, like everything that we've been complaining about or the community's been complaining about. Uh, it, like it doesn't matter. Like none of that's going to matter if Wizards is posting these numbers year after year. When you think about organized play. Like to me this is what incentive does Wizards really have to bring back organized play if they had probably the worst year of organized play where the whole conversation was about them killing organized play and they made more money than ever by a huge, huge amount. So, yeah, I think we just keep seeing more of the same, more more products, more specialty products, more secret layer drops, because whatever they're doing is is definitely working as far as like their shareholders are concerned, at least. Uh, what do you think, Grim? Any any takeaways on the, the financials? Well... I mean, so the, just like you, like Richard had mentioned, financials doing well means that they are happy, right? With they, the model that they, they are putting into place is making them happy. And I can only imagine that Neon Dynasty is going to just be a, like a screaming success because legitimately LGSs around me can't even keep a box in pre-release weekend. They've sold out every single second. So I, I like my concern here is that they might get a little too comfortable, but, yeah. and, and that could lead to, I don't know. I don't, that's the concern. I don't know what that could lead to, right? That could be anything, right? I mean, they, they've already shown that like, they, we've, they've had to roll things back essentially, right? Be, through like the community backlash and all that stuff. So I hope that they don't do any uh decisions that are a little too greedy, if you would. Yeah. 
Ah, I don't know. So definitely, I mean, on one hand, it makes me happy that Wizards is doing well. I want Wizards to be making money because that means they're going to keep making magic. On the other end, it does make me a little scared sometimes just to see how much complaining there's been from the community and Wizards making so much money in spite of that, which just makes me worried about, like, why do they bother to prove a reader? Why do they bother to do any of the other things that people have been asking for if, I mean, they could make uh, this huge pile of money without doing it. But, but yeah, I mean, so Wizards doing incredibly well. Uh, unless we have any other thoughts on any of this stuff. I think it might finally be time to answer some fish mail. So, Richard, take it away. All right. If you have questions, send them to at MTGGoldfish with the hashtag MTGFishMail, and we'll get to your questions on air. So, we'll go back over the past couple of weeks of questions since uh, we've been doing a lot of previews. Uh, free Jazz, why don't we see any wrath effects at Uncommon or Common? We like like hard wrath, or do are we talking like? Because I mean, drowning the drown sorrow. It's be hard wrath, right? Has there ever been a uncommon? No, well, I mean, I think the I the the don't re- think so. The reason behind that is because like that would make limited miserable, right? That would be my guess. I think that I don't think you want those cards showing up constantly in limited. And the good news is. They tend to be pretty relatively inexpensive anyway. I know like Toxic Deluge was really expensive at some point, but in general, Wrath of Gods and Fumigates and those cards, even at rare, they don't end up being super expensive for people who need them for Commander or for Standard or whatever format. So I'm kind of fine with them being at rare, honestly. Like they don't cost a lot, and I do think it would make Limited a lot worse. I, I do think they will make uncommon Wraths at some point, but they'll just be like highly unplayable. Like, like. Eight mana wrath or something like that, right? Because if you notice, removal in limited has been power crept, right? Like a lot of things that used to be uncommon removal is now common. A lot of things that used to be rare is now uncommon. So I don't see why they don't power creep the board wipes. Uh, you can only make rare board wipes so efficient. Eventually, you'll just be like, well, I'll just throw it in at uncommon and it'll be like a six mana board wipe, which, you know, gives you a long time to play in limited. You don't want people snapping off four mana wraths, but if they cast an eight mana wrath, then like so be it. So I do think it will happen eventually. What do you think about the limited thing, Richard? You you probably played the most limited out of any of us. Do you think that would be a negative for limited or not really? Like a four mana uncommon wrath? Yeah, that would be unplayable. <laughs> like limited would be unplayable, right? Like you would all play like really slow mid-range decks or something because like anything you play before four is going to get wrathed away. Right. Like yeah. you can't play out your hand uh, and you're not like efficient enough to end the game before then. So they definitely can't do that. currently. <laughs> but if it was seven mana or eight mana, like if it was really expensive, eight mana you, that would probably be all right. Eight mana uncommon wrath, like go for it. <laughs> right. Like, I think the game can be wrapped up before then. And if you really want this effect, like you can get it. Yeah, I guess I guess that makes sense. I could see that. Why? You know, Yo, P Queen Ma. I don't know if I said that right. That seems like it should be something. Uh, have you ever watched a show or movie and said, oh my God, I'm like this? I've been watching Bob's Burger for some time now. I got incredibly attached to Bob since day one because uh, of the same reason. Hmm. I'm so trying a to character think. on TV or movie that you're like, that's me. Huh. <clears throat> I don't know if this is just my... <laughs> My desires, or if it's true, but I've always kind of connected with uh, with the Big Lebowski. 
I, the dude. That, the dude. That makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> that, like, makes so much Just sense. Just kind of the chill, like, super peaceful, like, attitude, like, that aspect of stuff. So, uh, I, might, I might go with the dude from Big Lebowski. Oh, I don't... I don't even know, actually. I, I, I genuinely don't. Is there a character on TV? Uh, Richard, I'm going to let you take this while I think about that. This is like, too deep. As an adult, no. <laughs> uh, as as a child, like, I, 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 I was... I was the White Ranger or the Green Ranger. <laughs> like as a child, this was like much more appealing to me. Like, yes, that's me, right? But that's also fantasy me. Like, I don't. I forgot what happened at school or whatever. You know, I, I didn't have a, a little flute to call upon a, a, a Voltron piece. But uh, I can't think. Like as an adult, this one's tough. You know, I I don't know if child me and adult me differ that much. So, <laughs> um, so ah. Uh, Maybe maybe it's just because of how much I loved it growing up, but I, I'd probably say, like, Ace Ventura or something like that. Did you appreciate the, the Cable Guy commercial at the Super Bowl? Yeah, did I did. I did. Yeah. I like the Cable Guy commercial. I'm like, this is Boomer Super Bowl here with, like, the Boomer halftime show and then, <laughs> like... Hold the, on, hold on, hold on. Bo- boomer halftime show? We're, well, actually, that, we are boomers. You, do you do, do, that's you what I was say. You do realize, like... <laughs> You do realize we're the boomers now. Like this is all targeting us. Like yes. there was like Cable Guy, yep. the halftime show. There yep. was a Big Lebowski one. There was another. Uh, scrubs. Oh, what was the the Scrubs? Yes, there's the a Scrubs. Like this is all stuff that's like we watched, you know, ten or twenty years ago. Yep. We're the we're the boomers now, and they're they're making Super Bowl commercials for us. And it was actually like a little painful because everyone looks so old. Did you see like Jim Carrey? Yeah, he looked kind of like I, at first I didn't know if it was really him or someone playing him and then i realized he was just like super made up to try to look 20 years younger but sometimes when they zoom in you could see like how he actually looks pretty old now and i was like eh. same with the scrubs guys i was like wow they looked even seth rogan looked pretty old i was like oh no like i'm getting so old <laughs> what yeah. happened what happened to me see that uh, yeah, you know the- it's funny like five years ago watching super bowl like they, they always get like these really old people to do you ask like oh my god why did they get these like ancient people and then now I'm like, yeah, they got some, they got some good stuff going on. And I'm like, oh no, it's the same formula every year though. Yeah, like it's like, what is it? I remember growing up watching. They got like, what is it, the Who or something, or not uh, like the Bee Gees? I don't, I don't remember. They got some like rock band. There was a Who. There was a Who. There was a who one. One, I remember right? the Who when I was a yeah. kid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I remember watching that with my dad or so, and and it was just like, this is so boring. But my dad is like jamming, right? <laughs> <laughs> am i jamming now like is that is that what's going on here <laughs> yeah like that that's oh man i mean i'm just i'm still waiting for well actually you know what no i'm not because they haven't hit dad rock yet my chemical romance hasn't hit that point yet so i'm good i'm good I'm that's good. that's that's the that's the worst is when your like favorite rock band from growing up starts showing up on like the classic rock stations i yep. remember that happening with like nirvana when i was listening to the radio station that would play oh, when i was a kid it was like 50s and 60s stuff and then all of a sudden they would play nirvana i was like oh my oh my god like that's classic rock now welcome like, to your nirvana one stop and late night yeah classic rock now playing smells like teen spirit so, so all that to say like 10 years from now my chemical romance will be on those channels it'll be blink 182 and my chemical romance and that'll be the the classic rock i think i think that's that'll be my verification <laughs> when they play that okay i i think i'm officially yeah. <laughs> i'm officially old <laughs> that confirms it 
well, one day you're going to wake up and your knees will hurt and you're like, oh. one day, <laughs> one day, is... why do you think I got a real chair? I no longer use like the, the gamer chairs. I'm like, oh, old man, Clint's got a... kids who don't need good support. <laughs> <laughs> those, those gamer chairs. No, not what I want. I got, I got my Herman, Herman Miller chair and I'm just like, oh my God, this is the best my back has felt, you know, especially like working all day. I'm just like, oh, oh. <sighs> You guys laugh, but like waking up without injury is the greatest. Sometimes you just wake up and you're injured from sleep and you're like, what happened? How did I injure myself sleeping? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is, this is old age. This is not good. We got to we gotta hit the gym and uh, try to prevent some of this. <laughs> but you can't hit the gym too hard, you know. <laughs> uh, all right. Last question. The big large. Would new shrines be less confusing if it had creature types? People don't seem to be confused with equipment creatures. Like artifact, creature, dash, equipment, octopus. Yeah, I think it should have said shrine, shrine. <laughs> Legendary <laughs> enchantment creature, shrine, shrine. So then it's both types. But yeah, I think that would make it less confusing. Or they could have added some like reminder text or something. Like, hey, like that's an enchantment type. So yeah, I, I think so. I feel these flavor things are not worth. <laughs> like, just keep it simple. Like, like, is it really necessary? Like, they could have just. All right, Grandpa, let's get simple. you to bed. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, think, think how long the type line will be in ten years. I mean, like, yeah, like Tarmogoyf will be like a sixteen, seventeen, or something, right? Like, we're gonna have so many types, <laughs> right? Like, oh my goodness. Richard, I, I'm I think they're running out of room. Like, I think that's why the shrines of the creature type is there's just not room to put more on that line with legendary enchantment creature dash shrine. Like that just fills it up. They're running out of space. They're going to have to use the smaller font wrap, or wrap something. Wrap it. <laughs> yeah. Richard, I, I, I'm going to show you a, a card maybe after the podcast or something like that. Right. And I, I just I just want you to try to read the card. It is the card with the most text in Yu-Gi-Oh. And it's in a starter deck. <laughs> I don't play Yu-Gi-Oh. He showed just, me I, his like little post-stamp cards that's just like full text, and I'm like, "What? What is this game?" Like, uh, <laughs> but Magic is getting there. Magic is getting there. So I, I, I don't know that we could. Uh, I don't know. Stones I, at Yu-Gi-Oh here. I, no, I no, no, no. Catching up fast. Uh, uh, first off, I play Yu-Gi-Oh, so and, and let, let, let me tell you, it is we we are not there yet. We are not there yet. <laughs> I promise you that. All right, that's all the time we have for fish mail this week. Thank you to everyone who sent in fish mail. If you have questions, send them to at mtggoldfish with the hashtag mtgfishmail. We get to your questions on air. And I believe that brings us to the end of episode 368 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Cram, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we will be back next week to talk about whatever goes on in the world of magic. So, until then, have a great week, everyone. And this is a crew signing out. <laughs>